Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hi, and thank you for listening to the 50 Shades of K podcast. It's going to sound a little different today. I'm your host, Elizabeth K, and we're going to talk about December 23rd, 1998. It's not a history lesson, but it is a day that had such a big impact on me that it completely changed the entire course of my life. And with it being the holiday season, it is about family and friends and with the new year right around the corner, reflecting on this past year and such a difficult year, but also just a reminder that life is too short. Don't take anything for granted. Tell those loved ones how you really feel because you never know when your life can change. And December 23rd, 1998 is something that I have spoken about publicly on social media and on the radio show, but I thought it might be a good time to actually sit down and have a more in-depth conversation about what happened that night in Oak Creek and how it impacted my life. Because that night, my cousin, Jenny Ramis, who was very close to me, we were both 17 years old at the time. She was on Ryan Road in Oak Creek after leaving dinner with her two friends, Lindsay and Teresa. She was off to give her boyfriend his Christmas gift. And sadly, there was a man that was leaving his company Christmas party. This was... Not even 10 o'clock. There wasn't any ice or anything like that out on the road. In fact, it hadn't even snowed yet that year, I believe. Well, when this man left the holiday party, he had had too much to drink, decided to get behind the wheel and drive drunk, and he crossed the center line, hit her head on, and unfortunately, Jenny tragically lost her life that night. The man responsible for this, well, he survived, and later he was charged and served about 17 years in prison for this crime. Earlier that day, my sister Rachel and I went to Cole's Grocery Store on KK, which is now another grocery store over there by Cy John, and we saw Jenny at work, and we were talking about going to Grandma's for Christmas, and she was all excited to head to her boyfriend's that night. I hadn't met him yet, so she said, do you want to come with me? And I thought, no, that's all right. I don't want to be the third wheel and go. And I knew she was meeting her friends ahead of time. So I had a change of plans and went and saw some other friends that night. Something I think about often, survivor guilt. And if you've experienced that, you know how that can affect your life in a lot of ways. You start to feel guilty about why you're here and that person's not. You think about the what ifs. What if you had been there? Could you have changed something? I've come to accept that there is definitely a reason, and I have faith and trust that God's plan wasn't for me to be with her that night. But her life and her death has really left a lasting impression on the community there on the south side of Milwaukee, where we went to high school at Thomas More, now named St. Thomas More, one of which is through the Jenny Fund. It's an endowment fund 
that has raised over $420,000 and 350 scholarships have been awarded to students. But as the years go by, there are fewer and fewer people to tell these stories about who Jenny Ramis really was. And I want to take today to talk with one of her best friends, Teresa Zarin, who was with her that night, and also introduce you to one of the recipients of the Jenny Fund and how that scholarship has impacted that student in a positive way when it comes to their life and their education in hopes of continuing funding for this scholarship for my dear cousin who means so much to me and whose memory I hope to continue to honor and also to increase awareness of the dangers of driving impaired, especially during this holiday season when people are out and about and celebrating and with New Year's Eve right around the corner. So I want to bring on right now to the podcast one of Jenny's best friends, Teresa Zarin, who is on the phone, and anyone that knew Jenny growing up knew that she was always with Teresa and Lindsay. Teresa, I know that this, you know, could be a little nerve wracking to talk about this and talk about it publicly, but I really want to say thank you first for being on with me today. Oh, you're welcome. No problem. Jenny meant the world to me, so always good to talk about her. She's a special person, and there's no one else that will ever be like Jenny Ramis. <laughs> we no, all, there will not be. We all have stories to share, but what comes to mind when it comes to you and your friendship with Jenny? Is there a story that really stands out? I know it's hard to pick just one, but what would you say? There's so many, but it, it was kind of our routines, the things we did, you know, spending time together on the weekends, but always during the week between practices, whether I was playing softball and she was doing soccer or we had basketball together. We always walked back to her parents' house and made some pizza rolls, had our Diet Cokes and watched Days of Our Lives, which she recorded on the VCR every day (laughs) so that we could head back over there in between and just have some downtime and hang out. Yeah, it was nice that she lived so close to our high school, Thomas Moore, because with all of the Ramis kids, Jenny was one of five, there was that was often the place that people would go to in between practice and school. And Auntie Teresa always had food. I mean, there's always food in the Ramis house. Don't you remember that? Always, always, <laughs> always, food. always food and soda under the stairs. There was soda under the stairs. That's where we would sneak the soda under the stairs when we were kids. Exactly. And we'd sneak it up to uh, to her bedroom. And we'd have sleepovers. You were with her that night when she was at Chi Chi's with you and Lindsay. And earlier in the day, like I had mentioned earlier on the podcast, my sister and I went to Cole's grocery store on KK to pick up some baking stuff for my mom, saw Jenny there. We were talking with her and she had said, hey, do you want to do you want to come tonight? Because she was going to go to her boyfriend's house and I had never met him. And I said, "Ah, I don't I don't want to be the third wheel. I'll go some other time. And Rachel and I said bye and thought we were going to see her at Christmas. But that obviously wasn't the case. But you were with her that night. What do you remember when you guys were sitting around exchanging gifts and, and having dinner at Chi Chi's, how was she? She was great. It was, honestly, it was really, it was a great time as, as always. We laughed, we were joking, we, horrible to say because I've worked service industry now, but, and it was a good tip, but the, we thought the waiter was cute, so we left him a tip like $10 <laughs> in all pennies, laughing about that as we walked you out. Did not. You, know, you was, guys left $10 in pennies? <laughs> We did. How did you guys have enough pennies to make $10? Between the three of us, our purses and our cars, oh we had God. plenty. That is, <laughs> but, I see, this is what's great about us talking, because these are stories that I, I don't even know. That's amazing. Of course you guys do that. That's so what the three of you would have done. Oh, she was beside herself. Yeah, and then she forgot her food box inside and had to actually go back in. So we went together to go grab it before we left. And 
yeah, as she was leaving, you know, pulled out of the lot in her car and rolled down the window and see ya. And yeah, that was that was that. It was, you know, it was a great night. It was our usual. But I think it's important to to mention that this was a young, vibrant woman who was looking forward to college and seeing her boyfriend that night and Christmas with her friends, just like so many of us during this time of the year that are just out doing our thing, spreading Christmas cheer, and obviously no idea of what was about to happen only 20, 30 minutes later. How did you find out the tragic news? Um, I woke up to the phone ringing in the morning, and it was like 6 in the morning, and um, actually it was Lindsay, but I was so, you know, out of it. I was just waking up, and, you know, she said, Teresa, there was an accident. Jenny's dead. And my thought never, ever, ever would have went to Jenny Ramos. You know, we were just with her. Everything was great. Right. I thought it was somebody calling me from college, and it was one of our friends, you know, that lived in the dorms, this other Jenny. And I said, I just, Jenny who? And she said, Ramus, you idiot. And I dropped the phone, and the rest of that morning was kind of a blur. Yeah. That's how it felt for our house as well, because like you said, you were just with her. That's almost the exact same feeling I had when my dad told me. I, I said, no, I saw her yesterday. We saw her. And, I, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, there's no way. There's no way. And anyone that's received devastating news like that, so probably felt the same where it's like, no, this is not right. And and as you know, it really kind of spiraled into this whole thing afterwards, finding out that the guy that was responsible was drunk and hearing that news and the emotions that come with that. Did you feel anger towards him? I have a lot of anger to this day. It's, I know, you know, the Christian thing to do would be forgive. And I just... I I've struggled with that these last twenty plus years. I it's hard. A lot of anger. Mm-hmm. It is hard, and that's why this podcast is something that I I really wanted to put together because a social media post I feel like doesn't always just do justice, but it's an opportunity to remind people to be responsible and that there are other people on these roads that are cared about, that have lives to live, our parents. In this case, friends, she's a sister. She was 17. And it is infuriating when you see people be so careless to do something like drive drunk or nowadays impaired on who knows what else because it's selfish and it's something that could have been prevented. Absolutely. And I was just going to say what always goes through my head, too, is I had plans. You know, after that, I knew she was going to her boyfriend's and I was going out with my boyfriend. And I always think, you know, if I had gone with her and would have been in the car with her, could the outcome have been different? Yeah. A lot of what ifs, but ultimately it, it was the other driver. So. Yeah. And with how it happened on Ryan Road, too, I tell myself that she didn't even see it coming because there was a car in front of her that swerved out of the way. Yeah, I believe it was the police officer, the woman that was in the car in front of her, had said she saw him come up over the hill and had just enough time, and that by the time she swerved out of the way, there's no way Jenny could have avoided it. Yeah, it plays in your head over and over. I know it does for me, especially this time of the year, too. And and wouldn't you agree, like, Christmas is forever changed because of it? Absolutely. Christmas and my birthday was, you know, six days after that, it's... 
it's made, you know, holiday and birthday time a little bit different every year now. And you're a parent. How old is your son? 16. Yeah. And driving? Makes me incredibly nervous. I'm sure it does. Yep. Text me when you're leaving. Text me when you arrive. Well, and that's something that is a lesson so many of us had to learn in such a tragic way as well. That That's impacted my own life. Just when I, when friends leave, I'll say to them, call me or text me when you're home. And it's because Always. of what happened with Jenny. And yes. I'll follow up. I'll text and say, hey, you should be home by now. Oh, sorry. Yep. Forgot. Or, you know, they'll have that kind of response. It's like, no, I want to know that you made it. You made it home. Okay. Because, yeah, there's a lot of people on the road that you just, you can't trust. And it's hard, but it's important to get this message out to remind people to not be careless and to be responsible. And nowadays with Uber and Lyft, frankly, I feel like there's no excuse to not be able to get a ride home. No, there's so many alternatives now. Friends, I, I there's different parts of the state that have Safe Ride where they'll come pick you up and a car. Yeah. Your car, they will drive your car home for free. What would you say to someone that maybe is is listening and they're kind of just aloof to this situation of drunk driving. What kind of message would you say to that person about the importance of being responsible behind the wheel? It doesn't just change your life or the life of the person that you you hit or you know injure or possibly kill. It, it's such a domino effect. Everyone involved, I don't think anyone involved is ever the same right down to, you know, the with Jenny, the police officer who was first on the scene, you know, they deal with this stuff day in and day out, but just the time she took to talk with all of us and explain just the care and concern she had, I mean, it really is, it's it's not just one and one, you know, the person that caused the accident, the person that yeah. was the recipient of the accident, per se, the victim of the accident, but everyone, such a... Thomas Moore, for an example, the community. Jenny's death touched everyone in that community. It really did. So it's, yeah, it's not just your decision affecting you. There's so much more that goes along with that. The ripple effect. I mean, look, here we are now over 20 years later, and we're still talking about it. And Thomas Moore is still talking about her. And they have a scholarship fund for her, the Jenny Fund Scholarship which is something that helps a student continue their education at Thomas More, which is great to see her legacy live on. But I also think the the impact wasn't just her death. It's who she was, too, as a person. Like, she just, yeah. she was everybody's friend. And I talk to people about her that have never met her. And I say that. I'm like, when you're with Jenny, you're always having a fun time. Like, that was her. She was just wild and crazy. <laughs> she was. And sometimes it got her in a little bit of trouble. Yes. <laughs> but she was. And I just miss her goofy dance moves, how she would dance and sing to the radio and blast her country music all the time, which at the time I wasn't a fan of country, so she would do it just to drive me nuts. Same. Same for me. But now I'm a huge country fan and was in country radio, and that's a credit to her because I listened to so much Tim McGraw and Garth Brooks after the accident just yeah. to try to rekindle some of those memories. But I know how much she loved you, Teresa. She she loved you so much. And as hard as it is to talk about this in this platform publicly, I just want to thank you for taking the time. It gets me emotional because I know how much we loved her. I know. I have her book sitting in front of me that she gave me for my graduation that year. It's a handwritten, like, journal-type book. And she just, to Teresa, with all my love, Jenny 98, and 
just the first two pages. She, it was like a note to me telling me it's the best friend, the one she can say is her bestest. And when you're away at school, you always have your freshman back home. So much she wants to say, but doesn't know where to start. And she just, to me, you're like this person that I love as a sister, a mother, and a friend. Never forget this, and good luck in your next step of life. And then she filled each of the rest of the pages with different quotes on friendship, whether they were hers or whether it was Aww. a quote from someone else. Oh, yeah, the binding is worn off of this. I've looked at this so many times. Isn't that, isn't that something about those, those books? Like, that's amazing that she gave that to you. And what a gift for you to have now after the fact. And it's she didn't know, but it's like she did know. Because yeah. for my 17th birthday that year, which was in September, she gave me a journal and wrote messages about being close because we're family and we're friends. And Jenny wasn't one to be super sentimental. And when she gave me that book, I thought, wow, like what a surprising gift from her, but what a touching gift. And kind of like you, now after the fact, that book has brought me so much healing. And at a time when I just don't think she knew what was about to happen that year, but she gifted those types of presents. I love that you have that from her. Like, that has definitely been something I'm sure that's, like, helped you through these years. Because I know the book has helped me through mine. And our messages are very different as her cousin, you as her best friend. But, like, how awesome that she did that. It it really was. And the the other one that always, you know, stood out with me was as far as, you know, her faith. She had such a strong faith in God and, you know, going to Sacred Heart and everything. And the, the upbringing that her family gave her, you know, all of you. And she when she was confirmed... She asked me to come. It sounds like a weird thing. You know, I would have never thought to ask a friend of mine to be at my confirmation, but she she asked me to be there. And again, as you said, you know, it was that year, and she not very sentimental, usually more, you know, happy-go-lucky, goofy kind of attitude. But she told me, you know, that night she hugged me, and she said, I'm so happy you came. Thank you so much for being here. It means so much to me. And just that's... You know, there was that out, outward, goofy, funny, happy-go-lucky all the time person, but then there was, as you know, that sentimental, loving, letting people know how much they really meant to her side. Yeah. But you are right that that year and the months preceding her death, there was a lot more. I think of that. I'm right there with you on that, Teresa. Absolutely, and I don't know if it's because she was starting to reflect on that high school was wrapping up and she'd be going off to school and things. But it was more so in that year that there were more of those conversations than than I remember in the past, which is a gift to have had those moments. I've wondered over the years, was there something in in her that just felt like life's too short? I want to make, gosh, I get so emotional. You know, she know. wants to say these things to people. Because, yeah, yeah, she mean, she was the one that would, like, punch me in the arm all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's what she would do. And she was kind of a tomboy in a lot of ways. But still, as my cousin, we had moments of affection. But that year, she just was, she was a lot more vocal with her feelings. And I'm so grateful. The times I had with her, I wouldn't change for anything. We always used to talk, you know, it's like they they always tell you in life, you'll find your soulmate. And you always think it'll be like a significant other. But we used to joke. It's like, no, it's. You know, each other, we have each other. And <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, I knew I was going to get to a loss for words, but I. I know, it's hard. It she is was hard. an amazing person, and I would have loved to have 
had her here today and seen the person that she became, and I, I'm sure she would have been a mother and taken from us way too soon. Yep. And because of somebody else's poor choice, that's the part that is, is hard and something to that I, like you've struggled with over the years, where it's like there was somebody else responsible for this, and it didn't have to be that way. I feel what you're saying, Teresa. Thank you for talking about it and for being willing to share these stories. And thank you for still remembering Jenny and talking about her and keeping her memory alive. As a family member, we talk a lot about so many things that she's missed, and that's been hard. But she's still talked about so much with the family when everyone gets together. And she has, you know, there's nieces and nephews, and all her siblings are married now, and the family's gotten much bigger. But there's always a spot missing because she's not there and she's missed those things. And anytime a new baby's born or a wedding, we're reminded of that. Mm-hmm. I, and that's I've taken my son from the time he was very small. When I go to the cemetery, I either go, you know, that day or I'll go on Christmas. And I've taken him with me. And from the time he was small, I've told him all about her. And yep. it's not that you grow apart from people, but, you know, as you get older and high school friends, you don't see as much or talk to as much. So other than my family, you know, who cared a lot about her, too, because she spent a lot of time over there and with all of us, I I don't have other people that knew her, you know, to share this stuff with. So I, I appreciate you reaching out because it is nice to be able to sit and talk about her like this, too. Yeah, it really is. Well, thanks, Teresa. Hug through the phones. (laughs) Absolutely hug through the phone. And Merry Christmas to you and your family. Merry Christmas to you as well. Thank you so much. Always good to talk about those loved ones, that's for sure. One of my favorite memories that I want to mention is when we were younger, we were up at our grandparents' cabin in Eagle River. And at the time, I had sprained my ankle playing basketball. And so I was in a little boot, and I was on crutches, and we decided to sneak off and take her other grandparents' canoe out onto the lake. We didn't have permission to do this at that time, and it got a little windy, and the water started to get a little rough, and I dropped my oar in the water and lost it. So Jenny, with one oar, managed to paddle us to shore. We were way across the lake, and since I was pretty much worthless because I had a boot on my foot, since I had a sprained ankle, she had gotten out of the canoe and walked our canoe along the entire shoreline of the lake. And I'm talking rocks, and there were logs in the water. At one point, a branch of a tree got into the canoe, and there were spiders all over us. And I kept saying, let me get out. I can help with one foot. And she said, no, stay in the canoe. I've got it. I'll take care of you. I've got this. And we managed to get back to our grandparents' cabin where we were in trouble because what we did was careless and not safe, but we had a great story to share afterwards. And so I'll never forget that, how she took care of me and was thinking of me in that moment and got us back safely to our grandparents' cabin. Oh, that was a long time ago. All right, but now I want to wrap up the conversation by bringing onto the podcast Dariana Rios, who is a teacher at St. Thomas More. She teaches Spanish there. But also, she was a graduate, class of 2014, and a recipient of the Jenny Fund, the scholarship. So this is exciting for me to talk about this because this is a great way and a really impactful way that St. Thomas More and my family, my aunt and uncle, have kept the memory of Jenny alive all these years later. Dariana, thanks for being on with me today. Thank you for having me. 
Now, you and I met last year when I was speaking to some of the students at the school about Jenny and about leadership and positive decision making. And you came up and introduced yourself and said, I want you to know I was a recipient of the Jenny Fund, which meant so much to me because I haven't really met many of the kids that have received this scholarship. But what did you have to do to receive it? I apply for the scholarship like you normally would do with a written essay assignment and I believe it was an interview as well. And then I just waited, waited for the call back like you normally do for a scholarship. When I did apply for it, I wasn't sure what it was for, to be honest. But once I started going to the side meetings, I was like, oh my goodness, I am so privileged to be able to be a part of this. And I just dove in head first and just thought, oh, I can't wait to get involved. Oh, that's great. I love that you mentioned SAD, which stands for Students Against Destructive Decisions, and Mm -hmm. a group that we were able to start a chapter at St. Thomas More. It was going on. Planning the SAD organization was going on in 1998, and we were planning this, like, fake crash before prom to Mm -hmm. kick off the SAD chapter. But unfortunately, our community was hit with a real tragedy when we did lose Jenny at the hands of someone that did make a destructive decision like driving drunk. So it means a lot to me to hear that you also then got involved in SAD. And how did receiving this scholarship impact your life in other ways? Well, I was able to take a step back and, and realize, like, besides the fact that I have been privileged to receive the scholarship and be a part of students against destructive decisions, it's given me the opportunity to come to the school of my dreams and finish off my career as a high school student. I come from a low-income family. Both of my parents work two jobs. I have two other siblings. And, you know, at that time, it was rough. So being able to receive that scholarship and have that help really helped me with the rest of my high school career. And eventually, when I got into university as well, because if it weren't for that scholarship, I wouldn't be where I am today. That's so great because, yeah, it's that, it's that ripple effect. Kept mm-hmm. you at St. Thomas More, getting that education, which is such a great education, and that prepared you for college. And now look at you paying it forward. You're back at St. Thomas More as a faculty member. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. And did you feel at all when you learned about Jenny and her life and what she was about, but also sadly how her life ended? Did you kind of feel like you had a responsibility to do well because you had this gift that was given to you through the Jenny Fund? Oh, my goodness, yes, absolutely. I actually became president of Students Against Destructive Decisions senior year after watching my fellow upperclassmen lead the group, and I decided that I wanted to continue paying it forward. So I actually introduced a program to SAD at that time. It's called the Buceta Project, and it's a nonprofit organization that actually focuses on creating these groups of young men and women who sell their art via Buceras, which are bracelets, to over 3,000 schools in the U.S. And what these pieces of art do is that they keep kids and, and families off the streets where they would actually be doing destructive decisions because of the fact that they have, you know, low income or no money or no jobs. So in a way, it it not only helped me, but it also helped me be able to pay it forward to another community who was in need. Wow. I was really hanging on to everything you said there. I felt that. That's that's amazing that you are doing that. And as someone that was one of Jenny's closest friends and, and cousins, I just had this moment of like, oh, my gosh, she is definitely shining down right now, smiling, thinking about how 
her memory has uh, impacted the community. That's that's amazing, Dariana. That's so beautiful that you're doing that. Wow. Where can people get more information about that? So they just need to go um, to PulseraProject.com. How do you spell that? Sure. It's P-U-L-S-E-R-A and then project.org. And they there they will find this wonderful story about these two young men who they actually were um, in Nicaragua for some youth development and they just became so involved in the community and they thought, you know what, these beautiful bracelets that these children in these orphanages have made and these families in these orphanages have made, we have to spread it to the world, spread their color to the world. That's their motto, color the world. So, yeah. <laughs> that's beautiful. Wow. Again, that's pulseraproject.org. Now, why do you think it's so important to keep scholarships like the Jenny Fund going? I mean, it affects the vision of society in ways that you don't, you didn't see coming, you know, like for me, for example, it just, it gave me the privilege to involve myself and lead in a community and assist other people and lend a hand to the fellow neighbor and and create these open dialogues with students and teenagers who need that support of that having that peer pressure of a a destructive decision right in front of you, being able to say, no, I'm going to stop it right there. And I'm going to say, nope, that's harmful to me. I'm going to move on and do something else. Yeah, you're right. And it takes courage to do that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the, the Jenny fund can also sort of make you feel like you have other people supporting you that even though in those moments you may feel like you're the only one speaking up and it's not Mm -hmm. the cool thing to speak up, but you Mm -hmm. have a whole lot of people that are there rooting for you and for all other people that are involved with the Jenny fund and other recipients to make those good decisions so that something like what happened to Jenny doesn't happen to somebody else. Definitely. Thank you, Dariana, for taking the time today and for sharing. Of course. And for representing the Jenny Fund so well, it makes me really proud to hear how it's impacted your life. Thank you for what you're doing at St. Thomas More and for the community. And happy holidays. Happy holidays. Thank you for having me. So as you can see, the Jenny Fund helps students continue their education at St. Thomas More. It gets them involved in SAD, which is Students Against Destructive Decision. And it helps build student leaders and gives them confidence in making those good decisions. And if you want to learn more, you can go to St. Thomas More's website, which I'll link up at 991themix.com, but it's tmore.org, and then just search Jenny Fund. And Jenny spelled her name J-E-N-N-I-E. I want to mention that because she was always very adamant to make sure that her name was spelled correctly. But this holiday season, I, I hope this is a reminder that don't take life for granted. Make smart decisions and tell those that you love how you feel because life is too short. Happy holidays, and here's to a bigger and brighter 2021. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. 
track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.